This episode is brought to you by Dentons Canada. From startups to industry icons, Dentons acts for a wide variety of companies in both the public and private realms. As the world's largest law firm, Dentons can provide its global reach to your business. Visit Dentons.com for more details. Welcome to The Frontier, a podcast series brought to you by Cap Intel, dedicated to bringing you the latest insights, innovations, and investment philosophies from the professionals who invest your money. Welcome to part two of our derivative special with Croft Financial Group's Jason Ayers. Bill Ackman, everybody who follows the markets has followed Ackman's uh, short stake in Herbalife. Getting creamed, right? Short squeezed. If you short sell a company, the more the shares go higher, the more you as a short seller are losing. So you have to buy to cover and subsequently you're running a loss. So what Ackman did not too long ago was converted his short position in the company to put options. Any financial security, if misused, has the capacity for ruin. There's no question about it. Jason is a derivative market specialist by designation, director of business development and investment review committee member. Jason also sits on the RNN Croft Financial Group Board of Directors. In his role as Director of Business Development, Jason is responsible for the overall management of all strategic and operational marketing and partner-client relationship activities. As a member of the Investment Review Committee, Jason contributes as a market technician and derivative strategist, most notably in the security and option strategy selection for the actively managed alternative strategies pool. In addition, Jason has been one of the lead instructors for the TMX Montreal Exchange for the last nine years. Jason continues to travel across Canada, actively advocating the use of options as an important tool in effective portfolio management. At Croft, do you actively use derivatives as part of your portfolio management strategies? Why do you believe this is a methodology that will provide superior returns? In other words, why do you use derivatives in your own day? I always say that returns are obviously one consideration, but at the end of the day, uh, a lot of our returns and our performance numbers are essentially attributed to good analysis, uh, security selection, and active management. Um, At the end of the day, we will utilize the derivatives market as what we would call an overlay to um, our you know, diversified portfolio approach, depending upon what the objectives are for the portfolio. And of course, we're investment fund managers, so we built funds with specific objectives. We first look at, okay, what makes for a good uh, portfolio, and then how can we use the options market to, um, you know, to add value. If it's our income fund, then the focus is on um, how do we use options to generate cash flow? So we step away from the desire that most investors have for capital gains, buy low, sell high. And we say, no, our focus here and our discipline has to be about delivering income and cash flow and doing it in such a way that we are um, uh, managing risk very, very effectively. You know, when it comes to our equity growth portfolio, we would look at it a different way. We would basically step back and say, okay, we want capital gains. We want to buy a stock low and we want to sell it high. So um, take a page out of Buffett's book. We love company XYZ. It's a little pricey right now. It's got a great options market. Let's sell some puts and get paid to take that stock at a price where we want to own it. If we don't get it that month, hey, Let's do it again next month. If we still think the stock has value at its price, then let's do it again. So 
bang, once we get the stock, we're assigned to buy the stock. Now we have price targets. And so we subsequently will hold the position. I mean, I'm, I'm generalizing our approach because it's very active and it, change, you know, it's, it's, it, it changes based on the markets. But um, when the stock approaches what we would uh, believe perceive to be a, a, a target, um, rather than just selling the stock, we would sell a call option, which obligates us, pays us, and subsequently obligates us to sell the stock at the price we're comfortable selling at. So we believe that the markets, it's a game of, of inches, right? So mm -hmm. if we can collect a little premium in addition when we get into a position, and we can collect a little additional premium when we get out of the position, at the end of the day, we're going to be adding value to what we're doing for our clients. And uh, ultimately, we should be uh, outperforming our, our benchmarks in, in the major indices. Um, we, um, you know, managing currency exposures as a Canadian investor investing in, in the U.S. markets. Not only do we have exposure to, you know, security fluctuations, price fluctuations, we have exposure to um, the currency fluctuations. So when we believe, for example, that the U.S. dollar is, is um, high and it's going to be um, perhaps dropping against the Canadian dollar, we'll find an option strategy to use in the U.S. market so that we can keep more of our money in Canadian dollars while we're uh, assuming a position um, in, in, uh, in the U.S. equities. Um, uh, income on U.S. Uh, stocks, for example, is another example. Um, dividends are priced or are taxed differently um, uh, if you are collecting them as a Canadian from a U.S. company. Mm -hmm. So it's actually more tax efficient to generate income by um, doing option writing, let's say covered call writing or put writing on U.S. securities, because it's it's not subjected to the uh, to the dividend tax that a U.S. company would be subjected to, uh, or that a Canadian investor would be subjected to if they were collecting a dividend from a U.S. company. So it's all these little things that we can um, bring in. As a as tools to help us ideally manage better and more effectively, with the objective not just of of generating better returns, but also every nickel that we bring in, for example, through um, our option premiums, um, it actually helps lower the volatility of our portfolio. So one of you know how a lot of managers are compared, for example, is is um, how much risk did you have to take to mm -hmm. generate the returns you've been generating? So what we find is yeah. that by bringing options in as an overlay, we actually lower the volatility of the portfolio. We lower the standard deviation. We um, because of that, we increase the sharp ratio, and that higher sharp ratio is a reflection of of um, how much return has been generated for every unit of risk. And so, you know, more sort of intuitive investors and other managers are sort of looking at that comparative analysis between that of a of an index and that of, let's say, another manager. So um, it goes beyond returns yeah. and to circle back to, to sort of your original point um, and, uh, and and adds a lot of value uh, for a number of different reasons. Yeah, it can match different investment goals. So for the retirement fund, people aren't looking to necessarily sell all their, their underlying um, assets. They want to just generate cash because really what they want is cash flow. Absolutely. And I think that um, you, you actually hit on a, a really key important consideration because we look at our demographic right now um, and we look at, let's say, our client base, for example, and even those that I find that I'm educating through the banks and through the Montreal Exchange, all starts to sort of skew towards the, the 60s to 70s. So people that want less risk um, and want more income. Uh, 
you know, given the low interest rate environment and, and you know, what, you know, fixed income products are, are actually uh, offering in terms of, um, you know, in terms of that kind of cash flow, I don't know how um, one can achieve the income one expects in retirement without having some sort of a, um, uh, an alternative strategy. So the options writing overlay, the selling, you know, covered calls um, yeah. or, or put writing allows us and allows the investor to generate that additional cash flow with the intention of not having to dip into the principal investment in order to make that paycheck on a monthly basis. I think that's going to become much more important as we sort of continue to move down the line here. Um, you know, and we start to see that our parents are retiring and, hey, what am, what am I going to do for a paycheck now? Yeah. You know? No, that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's important for people to understand too. It's, you know, the general or traditional approach to trying to have um, consistent cash flow coming out for, for someone who wants to be, say, a retiree, et cetera. Um, used to be you just buy a bond, you know, piece of debt, and you're getting a nice little um, few percentage points on that. And so you're able to, to live off of the interest rates. Well, now that interest rates are so low, you've got to be creative. Yeah. You've got to use other options uh, or actually options. Yeah. In that case. <laughs> well, the other thing that I would say as well is that, you know, there are other products out there that, that can, can offer, you know, pretty reasonable income and cash flow, but it's typically at the cost of liquidity. Right. So in other words, we can pay you X amount, uh, you know, a year, but you need to be locked in for the next five years. Yeah. Um, where I, again, think the value that we bring and, and any investor can, in fact, embrace in integrating options into their portfolio for income is the lo- liquidity uh, side of it. So in other words, um, because options trade on an independent exchange, they're a highly regulated, standardized liquid market. Uh, stocks, same deal, highly regulated, standardized marketplace. If you're all of a sudden in a position where you say, Chase, I really need, you know, I really need to withdraw some funds here because I have an emergency, whatever it might be, you've got that accessibility. Yeah. So you've got, you know, consistent cash flow, um, you know, risk mitigation, all with, uh, you know, with liquidity, which is to me an important consideration for any investor. It's just the ability to say, I need this money, give it to me, <laughs> you yeah. know, so they can do what they need to do with it. Yeah, life happens. And I life think happens, especially as you get older. For sure. And I think it's something we talk about a lot yeah. with uh, in the podcast too, is, is that there's the market timeline um, and then there's your timeline. And then it's your timeline. And yeah. the fact of the matter is, is that you should only really care about your timeline because they're your financial goals. And if you need the money to do something important to you, you should be able to, or at least set up a way that you can access a good chunk of cash to be able to do it. Liquidity is a really good way way to do that. Yeah, if if needed, of course. Yep, exactly. What factors, market timing, sentiment, et cetera, tend to drive Croft's use of derivatives in client portfolios. Yeah, I mean, I'll reinforce, and I think this should should be an important consideration for any retail investor looking to do this for themselves, is you can't just invest in the options market without having an understanding of the underlying securities or the underlying market. So in other words, if we look at the true definition of a derivative, it derives its value from an underlying security. So you can't just jump into the options market 
and just start investing you know, indiscriminately, you need to first understand what's happening with the underlying security, what's happening with the underlying market, what stocks or different types of securities um, should perform well, or perhaps even not perform well, because you can take the other side of the market uh, and, and establish bearish positions. But so for Croft, again, uh, it is all about just making sure that we've built a solid portfolio and that we're managing the holdings within that portfolio actively around our expectations of the market. So um, macroeconomics, geopolitical considerations, where we are at in the business cycle, um, you know, we bring in all sorts of different securities to help us uh, achieve the goals of each of our funds. We then go to the options market and we say, okay, what strategies are going to make the most sense? Sometimes none at all. Other times, absolutely. So again, it's it's an ever evolving, um, constantly changing approach uh, that um, you know just has to be. You just have to be adaptable, and you got to pay attention to what's going on in the market itself. Describe one or a few ideal situations to incorporate derivatives into your portfolio in your mind. Uh, I, you know, I, we, we've probably used uh, a number of examples to this point. You know, the, there are so many, and this is what I love about the, the options market uh, or derivatives in general, but more, more exclusively options for me. Um, they have their place in, in all components, provided that you know how to use them and you understand the implications mm-hmm. and you can manage your expectations. Um, you know, again, I, I as, as an income generating tool, um, fantastic. You know, most investors are just looking at generating returns through um, share value appreciation. But if you can add an additional overlay that might bring in an extra couple of percent on a year to year basis, extrapolate that 2% compounded over 15 years, and you'll see the difference that it makes. So, you know, the idea of, of building in hedges. So that's something that we're able to do actively as well is just look at market conditions. And, and, and when we feel that it's appropriate we can build in hedges or what we would call, you know, an insurance policy around our our assets to ensure that, you know, if the market goes down substantially, we're going to go down substantially less, right? Mm -hmm. And if you go down less, it takes less to recover, right? So, um, you know, there's there's all sorts of ways that you can uh, take advantage of the options market um, as a stock replacement strategy. Again, putting up a small amount of premium to establish a position within a, per, a, a, a certain security is a great way for an investor to position themselves to take advantage of a stock without having to put you know a sizable amount of cash into the uh, into the markets themselves with a limited risk. So. Mm-hmm. As a call option buyer, for example, your risk is the premium you pay, but you have the upside opportunity um, from the strike price that you purchase to the, you know, where the stock trades at provided you're right. So, you know, again, I mean, I always, when I'm educating an investor, and this is you know, taking me out of the portfolio management side, but trying to help an investor understand where an option strategy you know, makes sense. It's about, first of all, understanding what you're trying to accomplish. Where are you at? Do you have five years to retirement or is it 20 years till retirement? Are you focused on income right now or are you focused on uh, capital gains and growth right now? Nobody can tell the individual where they're at. So I always put it back, you know, because people always ask, what's the best strategy? What should I be doing with options? 
Well, step back and figure out what you're doing now and what's important and what you're trying to accomplish and then find the strategies that make sense to you and keep it simple. A lot of complex option, strat- complex option strategies out there. Um, if you start digging, you start Googling, you got butterflies, you got jelly rolls, you got condors, you got iron condors, you got this, that, the other thing. Um, at the end of the day, keep it simple. Um, I always use the analogy, and, and this is actually very much our philosophy at, at Croft as well, um, in terms of how we use options. You've got your bread and butter ca- uh, strategy, or you've got your bread and butter strategies, and you've got your caviar strategies. And we exist on bread and butter. Yeah. Keep it simple, keep it easy. Um, you know, get in, get out. You know, very effectively. Focus on liquidity. Um, every now and again, there might be an opportunity that presents itself that might lend itself to a more advanced strategy. But again, I'm eating more bread and butter than I am caviar. And I think that's how most investors should look at it. Keep it simple, complex, doesn't mean better. And just focus on what you're trying to accomplish, not what that, you know, um, article on Google said you should be trying to accomplish. Yeah. Part of our goal in the frontier is to allow individuals to better understand professional money management by going directly to people who do it as a full-time job. In that context, what are some of the challenges facing retail equity investors in the current markets? Yeah, so uh, I, I, I think the biggest challenge right now is the fact that um, the markets are doing so well and that, you know, I, I hear time and time again, well, I can just buy the S&P or I can just buy the NASDAQ or I can just buy the TSX uh, 60 through the XIU ETF and sit back. But what we have to recognize is that, you know, those indices that the markets themselves um, and and the indices that track those markets tend to be fixed. In other words, they have exposures to um, fixed exposures to certain sectors of the economy. Now, in the real world, businesses um, go through cycles. And so we happen to have been going through a cycle um, and an environment, particular in Canada, where energy is doing well, precious metals not so much lately, but we're, we're seeing. And, and so you tend to get lulled into a false sense of, of expectation where, hey, you know, the, the, when the tide goes in, all ships rise. But I think anybody that's looking to do this for themselves needs to um, focus on the underlying, focus on the market drivers. Why are certain sectors of the economy doing better? Um, And why are some of the uh, certain sectors of the economy not doing so well? And then subsequently, um, while those market conditions exist, embrace them, invest in them and ride the wave. But understand that, that those conditions change and as such, so will the performance of those indices and of those broader markets. So I think that an investor needs to be prepared to, um, you know, move in and out of certain sectors based on their understanding of the economy and, and the macroeconomic conditions. We're doing that all the time. So, you know, we're looking at, let's say, the TSX, for example, and we know overweighted in energy, overweighted in financials, uh, what's their weighting in consumer discretionary. And then we're breaking it out and saying, OK, well, what are our expectations and how do we want to um, build our portfolios in terms of their exposure? So uh, oftentimes we're underweight energy because we don't want that volatility in our portfolio and ultimately saved, you know, um, you know, when the Toronto markets dropped uh, 9% back in 2015, our equity growth pool had one of the best years it's ever had because we were not in oil. Um, recognizing that market conditions were 
not favoring that as the place to be. So I think to tie it back to, um, you know, what's the, you know, what's the, the biggest challenge? It's complacency. Mm-hmm. It's complacency. It's sitting back and saying, I can buy this and I can buy that and it's going to go up. Right. Um, and not recognizing that there are underlying drivers. You need to be aware of them and you need to be able to manage accordingly and subsequently adjust exposures, integrate hedges, uh, take advantage of, of um, conditions when applicable. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's in a nutshell complacency. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, my, my pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. If you want to learn more about Croft Financial Group, please visit croftgroup.com. This episode is brought to you by Capintel, a fund analytics company helping investment professionals select the top performing funds for their clients. Industry experts nationwide trust Capintel to make better decisions faster. Find out why at capintel.ca.